Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our show offers a friendly conversation with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by the Learn It family of companies, including Autism Spectrum Therapies, Trellis Services, and Desert Choice Schools, helping all children succeed in school and life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I am uh, Vice President at Autism Spectrum Therapies, part of the Learn It family of companies. I, uh, I'm i also a BCBA, Board Certified Behavior Analyst. And so that really means I'm, I'm an ABA guy. Uh, applied Behavior Analysis is, you know, really how I look at things. And it's, it's kind of funny. I, I know I've talked to everyone and announced a few times on the show as, as we kind of count down, I am about to have a, a little girl. My wife actually is uh, 10 days away from her due date uh, from when I'm recording this, and um, it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, we're, we're in those final stages, really looking to, um, you know, get those last things done before for the big day. Um, and one of those last things that I think was was a very different experience for me was actually interviewing pediatricians. And we just uh, finished meeting different people and talking to different people and, and being an ABA person and having this this relationship to to the autism community and, and talking to so many different people on the show and, and through my work at AST talking to the pediatrician was this was this whole different thing um conversations about vaccines and the schedule conversations about um behavioral milestones and and developmental milestones and how are we tracking this um openness to new ideas versus old ideas i mean that was just was huge cuz so much of what we've talked about on this show has been about, you know, trusting your gut, having someone who's open-minded to, to hear you out, good supports. And, you know, my, my daughter's not even born yet. And I'm, I'm thinking about all of these different what ifs, not from a standpoint of fear, but from a standpoint of, you know, do I have the right people around me? Um, whether it be you know any need developmental medical physical wh- whatever it is um and so i walked into this this interview and and these these meetings with just a completely different mindset than than i expected you know all these emotions all these thoughts really came through to me um even things that you know go against some of the things i believe or know but just because i'm thinking about all of them. So it really gave me a, a very a very different perspective compared to what um be, compared to what, you know, I do here on a day to day basis as a as a professional. Um and it also kinda gave me a, a different perspective of, you know, what does it really mean to have a true support system? And, you know, I know we talk about that from a family point of view, but how do you support yourself with the right professionals um, in, in all these different areas? So it, it, 
it was just a very eye-opening experience and one that I think um, I'm still kind of, as you probably can all hear, processing myself and thinking about myself. And I've actually spoken to uh, a few different people about in terms of um, how they handled things and looked at things. Um, and these are folks within my professional community as well as in my personal community. Um, so hopefully I'll get to give you guys a lot more updates uh, when I get back and, and we kind of go through those first uh, appointments with our pediatrician um, to see what it's like and, and to, to kind of get this firsthand experience because uh, being here in Los Angeles, you know, I do have the benefit of, of being able to have very honest conversations with pediatricians up front because, you know, autism and developmental disabilities and, and these different conversations are very much at the forefront right now, which I think is a, a huge benefit and one that I'm I'm certainly very thankful for. Um, well, with that, let's get into today's show. So today I'm joined by uh, Karen Kabaki-Sisto. Uh, Karen's a certified speech and language pathologist helping children with autism all over the world. Her passion is to equip kids with the power to communicate confidently and grow closer bonds with others. She's the founder of Autism Breakthrough Solutions and the inventor of I Can Have Conversations With You, an interactive app that is available on the App Store for the iPad. She regularly posts empowering articles and YouTube videos at her website, www.icanforautism.com, and is a frequent guest and contributor to popular autism publications. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's great to talk to you. I, uh, I you know, the the timing of this is is great because I just, um, I just, you know, finished uh, a a presentation myself about a week or two ago uh, to uh, to a local community group on social skills and conversation skills. So this is like a a big topic fresh in my fresh in my mind. Uh, so it's it's just like I said, great timing. Um, but before we get into all of this and talk about your app and, and your approach, you know, I'm just kind of curious how you, how you got into autism. You know, what was your, your journey and, and how did you start working with kids with autism? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, as anybody will tell you who knows me, I love to talk. <laughs> so speech pathology, uh, communication disorders was a natural fit for me. Um, and when I was in college, I had the opportunity to work under someone who was an ABA instructor, applied behavior analysis instructor, and she introduced me to autism. It was I had never heard of it before, and it was so intriguing to see that, unlike myself, there were people out there who could not speak and understand. So I knew that this was my calling. That's awesome. Um, you know, and obviously I think so many of our listeners are familiar with speech and language and, and, and the importance of working with a speech pathologist with, with their kids with autism. Um, I think one of the things that maybe people don't always grasp, and I know like me, myself as a, as a ABA professional, um, it, it was, took me a little bit longer to understand is that natural transition. You know, we think about speech and we, I think a lot of times we think about articulation and we think about, you know, that pronunciation of the words because that's, you know, when I was in school, that's what my friends who saw a speech pathologist 
were always working on. You know, they had different issues with their pronunciation. The social skills side of it maybe doesn't seem as logical. So, um, you know, how how is that transition? And what I guess what have you also learned from that transition of taking this from this like micro utilization of saying a word to this broader perspective? Right, that's a good question, and that's a question that almost everyone has. Um, you know, speech therapists, I'll get this out of the way. <laughs> the yeah. Speech is, yes, like you said, a speech impediment, and that is really not encompassing the most of our job, which is language, communication, how people use words to communicate their thoughts, feelings, wants, and needs. <clears throat> Excuse me, and when you add in the social skills part of it, as you had just said, you just came from a local community group talking about social skills and social conversation skills. That's another added piece to language because we don't use words in a vacuum. We use words for a social purpose. So that adds another layer in. What are the social rules of society? These are very um, difficult concepts for people with autism, and that's why I was so dedicated and am so dedicated to helping people with autism use their words in a social situation. And that's why I developed my own method of how Mm -hmm. people with autism can approach the conversation. Yeah, I I think, you know, this is, um, you know, it seems like an interesting thing. Like we talk about, I, I think that, you know, I've heard this question asked a lot of times of like why like what is that gap my kid can talk but they can't have that conversation what is the gap there and i think you really hit upon it like what are the social rules and it feels like sometimes like at least in the aba world you know we we almost like skip that step like just like (laughs) there's a rules to a game there's rules to our social interactions um would you say that yeah go ahead Yes, yes, definitely. ABA, I was so fortunate to have had this experience very early on because it it is, for me, what not only introduced me to autism, but helped me understand language development in general. I learned more from working closely with uh, ABA instructors yeah. on the job than I did, you know, reading theory and seeing typical language development because typical language development, children who possess this ability, you never think about using language in a social atmosphere. It comes naturally. Mm-hmm. People are hardwired yeah. for this. People with autism are not, and we, being hardwired for it, don't understand their perspective. How do they see things? So we really have to jump into the minds of people with autism to to understand what they're understanding and what they're not understanding. That gap, like, for example, today, one of my students, I'll, I'll point out the gap. (laughs) He was using words that had meaning and they were meaningful to the situation. He screamed at his teacher, I can't do this. I don't understand. (laughs) Uh, Slow down. Come on. (laughs) You know, now if he were talking with a peer, his age peer, this would be more acceptable because he was using these words, which carry meaning, he is correct with his meaning. He wanted the te- he didn't understand. He wanted the teacher to explain it, slow down, hey, wait for me. But because it's in a social atmosphere, the teacher is an authoritative figure, someone that we're supposed to give respect to. We yeah. don't use our language that way <laughs> for the teacher. We say something along the lines of, Mrs. Smith, I don't understand this. Can you please help me? I'm stuck. 
-hmm. This is what children with autism, it's a one-size-fits-all. Help! (laughs) I, I... Need help, and it doesn't matter of the social situation because their meaning is the mo- in their minds is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, and it's, it's funny we're going down this path because this is a big part of what I was talking about to this group is, you know, social skills and, and these different you know aspects. You know, we, we can't just teach them in a vacuum. You know, it's, right. you, if you teach them in a vacuum, that's all you're going to get is just a, a, a skill in isolation with no context. No, no generalization, you know, whatever you want to call it, and it feels like, you know, like you were saying, the words were, the words themselves were appropriate, but how they're being communicated in that moment to that person just, it, it goes off the rails. Um, right. You know, so I, I'm, I'm curious about uh, about your app and and in your new program, and um, I guess I was, you know, is there like a a philosophy, a foundation behind uh, behind it that really inspired you of, you know, how you wanted to put all this together. Yes. In fact, um, as I said, when I was introduced to autism, I was intrigued right away. And I realized by asking anybody and everybody who I met, doctors, teachers, specialists, psychologists, you know, what are we looking at here? What is this? And I realized that, no one really had answers for me that satisfied, uh, that were to my satisfaction. So I started reading journals and doing my own little research and my own little experiments, and I came up with bridging areas, like you said, philosophies or foundations, areas of, of uh, learning, schools of thought, that being speech therapy for social language, ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, for functional behavior, and a cognitive process, one of which is called theory of mind, the ability Mm -hmm. to understand your own and other people's thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, knowledge, emotions, and how these mental states influence communication and social interaction. So I felt that I could bridge these three areas and put it into my own method and put that method into an iPad app called I Can Have Conversations With You. Nice. You know, and I, I got a chance when I, I was able to view some of the demos and, you know, as, as we were prepping for the show. And, and, and actually the theory of mind side of it, I, I really um, was, was the part of it that jumped out to me. I, I, you know, to me, it's always been part of ABA. Like I was, I felt like I was teaching theory of mind before we even had a label for it. And it was just kind of perspective taking. Um, uh-huh. But I like that so much of that was embedded into the app. I know a lot of the demos that I was was going through. You know, there was a lot of focus on um, how people were feeling within relation to the words they were saying, and I thought that was a really cool component to it um, in, in terms you, of yes. how it was broken down. Thank you. Yes, I, I, that's again as we discussed the main theme of uh, our discussion is really yeah. You said it before, we can't teach in a vacuum. You mentioned skills and generalization. So discrete skills are just that. They're in that moment. They're discrete. So um, any kind of routines, thank you, you're welcome, they're in that, that one setting. Um, teaching a kid how to, let's think of three things we can say to start a conversation with our friend next to us. Those are contrived, fabricated, they're, they're fake 
Mm-hmm. But if we teach a new way of thinking, a new way to approach a conversation, and all of the reasons before we go to open our mouth, think about all of the background information we need to know for this conversation. Who am I talking with? Where are, where are we? Um, who is this person in relation to me? Um, why does he want to talk to me? Why do I want to talk to him? How does he feel? How do I feel? <laughs> Even before we begin to open yeah. our mouth, then during the conversation, we'll be better able to figure out different words to say the same thing. Again, not falling into that script, that discrete skill. Yeah. And we can be flexible with our, our language. We can say many things to mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, the student I was telling you before when he was saying, help me, <laughs> you know, yeah. slow down, saying it in a different way. You know, excuse me, Miss Smith, I don't understand. I'm confused. Can you help me? What does this mean? Um, I'm stuck. All these different ways to say yeah. the same thing in a, in a socially appropriate way. And then afterwards, which I think kind of falls by the wayside also, and you mentioned it before, the generalization, the carryover into real life. Okay, so now we've just had this conversation. My method within my app uh, gets revisits everything that was discussed in the conversation and ties it all together so that the person, the child who's using the app, can get the gist of the conversation, the main idea, paraphrase what was just said, what, what was just spoken about, use different words to explain what just happened in that conversation. Why did he say this? What do you think is another way he could have said this in the future? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also reviewing any kind of figurative language that was used, like nicknames, uh, mm-hmm. figures of speech. These things, too, kind of elude people with autism. They're confused by it. Yeah. So I needed a, a holistic approach um, that targeted uh, every little aspect, because also I love to talk, but I'm also very curious <laughs> and very uh, meticulous. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I, I targeted every avenue. You know, I, one of the, the downsides of, of the podcast format is obviously we don't have that visual. And I know, um, you know, I, I got a chance to visually see how the app is set up and how some of the how some of the materials are presented. You know, just for our listeners, is there? Um, could you describe maybe like how things are presented so they can kind of get that picture of 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 the app and how it kind of works? Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, your listeners, they can go to my website, www.icanforautism.com, and they can download a free preview uh, for their kids to use and also for the parents to see what it actually looks like and how it functions. Awesome. But um, to, to walk you through it, uh, as soon as the app is downloaded, the parent doesn't need to read anything, really, to get it started. There's no instructions. The child doesn't need any instructions. It begins straight away. With video modeling, one of the, mm-hmm. as you know, one of the ABA principles of ABA, one of the evidence-based practices that shows that children with autism learn more from video modeling than they do even in real life because they can pause, they can go back, they can rewind, they can uh, really analyze the emotions as you were talking about before to see how the people who are having a conversation are feeling, what they're doing. So you see this uh, video clip and then they're asked some questions before the conversation. Then the conversation begins, and they get to match the words that are used in the conversation to the meaning of the conversation. Is it correct or not correct? They get to judge. 
And, of course, they're guided through this they're with audio clips and written text. And there's within there, there's reinforcers to keep them, uh, you know, uh, motivated and also to so that they know when they were correct and when they were not correct. If they didn't receive a reward, they're told to try again. And at the end, it's summed up, as we discussed before, through an ending video. So basically there's an introduction video, the mm-hmm. the work that the child does, and then at the end there's a, like an outro video of the entire conversation so that they can review it again, and they get asked some post-conversation questions. Nice. Now, I saw there was a part, and I thought this was a really cool little touch, um, where the child is recording their own voice yeah. um, mm-hmm. and reading certain things. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the the inspiration behind that, the purpose? Because I thought that was a nice touch to kind of embed in there. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. I was inspired to do that <laughs> a long time ago by one of my clients who wasn't under like she wasn't understanding what these words were what they meant what was the relevance why do we talk and i realized by using back at that time it was just like a tape recorder she realized that her words are heard so to speak like you know she didn't realize oh these words are actually people can hear them and they mean something and if i make a mistake i can go back and and fix my words so it kind of makes the words uh, exist to the mm-hmm. child better so that they can hold on to it. So, uh, And they can take the roles, the perspectives, as we discussed before about theory of mind, mm-hmm. they can take the different perspectives of the different conversational partners. They're speaking for these conversational partners within the conversation as if they were the girl in the conversation, as if they were the father in the conversation, as if they mm-hmm. were the whomever in the conversation. So they get to take various perspectives hear their voice, re-record it if they made a mistake. And actually, it's very intrinsically rewarding, like internally. (laughs) They're like, I did this. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I I was, you know, we were talking about generalization, and I was wondering, is there, um, you know, is there like a a homework component, a follow-up component where they're kind of taking... Things like let's take this scale and apply it to what you just did at you know what you did at school tomorrow, or taking something you did at school and then bringing it back into the the app. Um, is there is there some sort of component to that? Right, that's another great question. I'm glad you asked that one. Again, on my website www.icanforautism.com, I am just I have just put up a uh, free communication assessment tool for parents nice. so that they can actually. Uh, document their observations. It guides them through, because sometimes parents don't know what to look for when their kids are talking, thinking, and understanding. Mm-hmm. So this guides them through, and they can they can see they come out with a score of where their communication, where their child's communication ability level is. You know, novice, um, intermediate, skilled, or advanced, and it describes what. In what is inside of each category. Like, what would a child who's speaking at a novice level be able to do? What would he not be able to do? And that way the parent is more vigilant. They can watch and help their child more in these areas. After the child works on the I Can Have Conversations With You app, after their work is done, the system also calculates a score. 
uh, communication ability level score, and it guides the parents to the next appropriate level for their child. So this idea of generalization homework, so to speak, is an ongoing thing for, that never ends. And really what it's all about is, like I was saying before, the new mm -hmm. way of thinking to approach any, to give the child the power to communicate in any social situation. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's like retooling the way he thinks about having conversations, as well as it's retooling the parents' uh, observations mm -hmm. of how to help their child think through any conversation. You know, I, I was, you know, I was curious, you know, within the structure of the app or just in your own experiences, you know, one of the things that, there's, there's a couple of topics that kind of came up in, in, in my recent conversations, especially at this conference, um, which, which, like I said, I feel like really, went hand in hand with with what we're talking about and, and what you're trying to to do with the app um you know and one of the big things especially within the theory of mind realm was understanding uh you know ending a conversation or ending a social interaction and you know sometimes we call it recognizing someone's disinterest and i'm curious um how much goes uh, or how much do you go into that in, in either one of these practices? Um, and do you keep it to the core skills of, hey, this is just kind of how we end something and this is how to recognize when something is over? Or do is there an emotional side to it? Because I know one of the big topics that came up is, you know, I don't want my child to be the one chasing after all the kids on the playground because that's, again, you think of social rules, the, the kid who's chasing after everyone talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, in a way is also the kid who doesn't get spoken to despite all that desire. So it's like that, knowing that balance. And I was just curious, you know, your thoughts and how you guys maybe target that. Right, the signals to yeah. when you're finished is really what it is, right? The cues. You mentioned before that you, uh, when you were looking at my app, you were saying that you like the way um, the perspective taking taking the perspective taking was embedded into the app. Fe the feeling in relation to the words that the car the conversational partners are saying, mm -hmm. that's key. That's there's your theory of mind. There's your the theory. I'm developing a theory about mm -hmm. what someone else's mind is thinking. Mm -hmm. So within the app, the children will be able to recognize what are called these signals, these emotional uh, signals, as well as the actual word, the signals that are coded with words. For example, yeah. um, like you were saying before, when do we end this? How do we know that it's ending? Well, the my method within the app teaches the children to recognize the body language, facial expressions, mm -hmm. physical feelings of the other person, as well as the linguistic or the language or the words that are cueing or signaling that person. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I have to go now because I have to take my dog for a walk. That's cueing you. The intonation of the voice mm -hmm. is also another cue. Um, the words, well, I have to go. So what does that mean that the listener should do? Should the yeah. listener continue to talk and talk? And talk? Um, how can the listener respond? Okay, nice talking with you. Let's talk again soon or tomorrow <laughs> to, right. give, to give them not closing the door. I think that the one of the things that gets overlooked with 
people with autism is that because they have social interaction deficits, people may mistakenly think they don't want to have a conversation with others. They don't want to interact. That's could it's so far from the truth. It couldn't be yeah. more untrue. Yeah, it's the opposite. They really, it's the opposite, right? They really do. It's just that they don't know how, or they can't. They they don't understand everything about a conversation, especially ending one. They don't want that communication to end. And maybe one of the one of the reasons, one of the things we can do to help them, is to say, you know what, this conversation is ending right now, but we can have one again in the future to give them that kind of. It's okay. I can talk to you more just at another time, not right now. Yeah, I, I find that, you know, and, the, and this was the feedback from, from the families as well as, you know, I find that particularly the, the, the population that I think you're really striving for with this app, um, you know, I, I find that most of those kids, they want to have friends. They want to be social. I mean, and that's, those, that was the stories I was getting from so many of these parents. My kid wants to have friends. They have words. They have the, you know, they've been trained on the why, the who, the how. You know, they've been given a million conversation starters. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean they know how to have a conversation. Or exactly. they can't keep up before. with the speed of the conversation. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the things I've kind of realized is, you know, I, I, and this took me probably far too long as a as a professional to pick up on is, you know, I don't use a whole lot of conversation starters in my day to day conversations with my friends. Like, you don't hear you don't hear questions. It's it's like a a lot of different comments and jokes and like you were saying, nicknames is, is huge and little you know um, catchphrases sayings. You, know, it, you have to know all those little things, and I, I just find that a lot of these kids, you know, they, a lot of the parents are saying, and I was saying, you know, we don't get a lot of, I'm, you know, I've got to go now, I'll see you later. We get a lot of that, like, body language to kind of end things, and it's getting over exactly. that hurdle. Right, exactly. It's, it, again, another interesting point. Uh Within my method, as I had said to you during mm-hmm. during the conversation, I'm teaching the, stu- the children different ways that they can say the same thing for many reasons. One is flexibility of language, flexibility of thought, uh, not only for vocabulary purposes but for social purposes. We're not going to scream at our teacher, "Help me! I come on now." <laughs> That's not going to go over well with the teacher. What are different ways we can say that? Why yeah. would we say, I'm stuck? What does it mean, stuck? You're not stuck in anything, really. There's no no mud on your feet. They would understand that figure, figurative language, figure of speech. There's one right there. Um, you know, I'm confused. That's an emotional, on an emotional basis. I'm confused. Can you help me, please? It's more direct. Mm-hmm. So there's the flexibility piece there. There's the emotional piece there. Also, there is... As you had just said, you know, we teach kids these contrived or fake, made-up ways to start the conversation. I like pasta. I like pasta, too. That's in yeah. the real world. <laughs> doesn't get Never you. happens in the real People world. People are going to run away from you, <laughs> right? Because if I said that to you, Rob, hi, Rob, I like pasta. You know, where is that? It's, again, not within the social context. Right. One of the... Um, huge benefits I saw from my students who are using the app, one of the um, 
kids, she used to always ask her dad, and this is very common, ask her dad questions that she already know the, knew the answers to because she didn't know a way, or as we say, a hook, a conversational starter hook uh, to start the conversation. Very, very uh, hallmark of, of people with autism. They can't do this. They don't have a way to initiate. They're always relying on people to start the conversation for them through questions. They're, wait, they're waiting right. to be cued by adults. How was your yeah. day today, Johnny? What did you do at school today, Johnny? Johnny doesn't have that ability to turn around and say, hey, Dad, guess what I did at school today? Well, one of my students, her dad called me up. You'll never believe this, Karen. She's now saying things like, guess what I did at school today, Dad? Do you know what I did at school today, Dad? Something cool happened at school today, Dad, which was not directly taught in my app. Those words were not used in the app. In fact, it wasn't even that situation. But as we discussed before, you and I discussed before, it's mm-hmm. the approach to conversation, to be more flexible with language. So they're going to pick up, naturally, other ways to say the same thing, not just in one discrete area, but in other areas, yeah. too. Another one of my students, even though this was not the words on the app, again, not word for word, he wasn't scripting, he, he, he just be- has become more flexible with language, understanding emotion and words mm-hmm. more. His mother called me up. She, she was like... Uh, we were both dumbstruck. I, I I didn't know what to say. He never showed emotion before. We know that he's a kind, loving child, but he never expressed it. And one day his uh, sister was sick on the couch, and he mm-hmm. stopped next to her, and he said, Oh, no, you're sick. Here's a blanket. Don't worry. Wow. You know, you'll feel better tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> we're, like, Wow. You know, comfort, words of comfort. These are, quote-unquote, conversation starters that we cannot be taught. We have to be retrained in our brains to think this way, not not taught word for word or these contrived conversation starters. Yeah, and I I, I completely agree with you. And and I think that's why I, you know, the the parts of it that that I was viewing and going through, like, I I liked that a lot. Like, I liked... You know, like like we were talking about, if you kind of get the rules and the the guidelines of the situation, you can figure out the words more easily to pick, and it's less contrived. Um, exactly. You know, I, mm-hmm. I almost feel the same way with you know one of the one of the big pet peeves and one of the things I've really been working on is I feel like um, like topics, you know, what to talk about. Um, you know, I was talking to a parent who was saying that they were struggling with, um, their child was struggling with, uh, you know, their, their Cub Scouts and he likes Cub Scouts. He's into Cub Scouts. They were just struggling with the social piece of Cub Scouts. Um, every single kid at Cub Scouts is into football. Their kid doesn't know anything about football. Like it's not about skills. It's about understanding the rules, this social dynamic Football is critical. We've got to teach this kid about the topic, but also we've got to get better at figuring out what is everyone else into to bridge this gap. And I think sometimes we get so focused on the specific conversation starter, we kind of miss this, the what's happening in the environment, you know, what's happening in this, this dynamic Right, and as you mentioned before, this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what you said before. The speed of the conversation, yeah. too, does not help. 
this fact. You're trying to think of all of these things at the same, the body language, the topics, the mm-hmm. eye contact, the proximity. Their conversation, it's communication and conversation are the most powerful yet the most complex tools we have. So it's very, you know, daunting, very confusing for a person with autism. And the speed, that's another thing. The speed adds onto that. But my method goes step by step at the child's own speed. The child can, you know, repeat something if he missed something. What was that? They're analyzing. People with autism, they're always analyzing. When someone gives them guidance, it's like food, and they're eating it, and they want more and more and more. And we're Mm. leading them to the path of a new thinking process. So it's going at their own speed. And then those, like you say, those topics, what am I going to talk about? This will become much more easy for them, will become easy for, easier for them, because they're going to be able to take the perspective of others, even though, okay, I don't have football in common with my friend Joe. I, I know mm-hmm. he likes it. Maybe I can ask him a question or make a comment or an exclamation that's some, right. somewhere that meets us in between. Like, maybe I want to, I'm curious, hey, Joe, I don't know anything about football, but I want to know, and I know you like to talk about it, and I'm your friend, and I want you to know that I'm interested in you, not football. See, like, again, the topic is something, we look at it like the topic is the most important thing. No, it's not. Social relationships are the most important thing. It's the only reason we communicate. We're not, it's not about gaining information. We can get that from a computer. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. need to grow closer bonds with one another. So if I'm, if I know you're interested in something and I'm your friend, I want you to know that I care about you. So tell me, how does this, like, what is this quarterback? What is this? They got quarters on their back, (laughs) you know, something along these lines or something, um, something that can be a a hook, like there was a recent, I don't know anything about sports, Rob, but I'm going to pretend that I do. There was a recent game (laughs) on TV, and people were shouting (laughs) in the restaurant that I was at. And Uh if I were going to try to start have a conversational hook, Mm -hmm. I would say something to my friend like, I don't know what the team was, but they were wearing, you know, yellow shirts with these little black bees on them. I think their mm-hmm. name was Steelers, and people were shouting, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, was that your team? Do you like that team, that one? Yeah. Something along those lines. To grow the relationship, closer relationships to each other, not for, not for the, only for the topic of conversation, because that's just information sharing. That's not the meaning behind why we're bringing up these topics. Well, I mean, like, I, I think I know the answer to this, and, and it, I guess I hear you saying, which I think there's a lot, a lot behind this is, you know, you know, I feel like we, you probably get this question as much as anybody, and, and I know, you know, I, I get it, and I think it's probably on the top of mind for most of our parents is, you know, how can I, how can my kid make friends? And what I really hear you saying is, making friends at the core isn't about you know, necessarily a shared interest all the time. It's not necessarily about having the best social skills. It's about developing a relationship. And if I can develop a relationship with another human being, that's what friendship can really foster. Um, 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. And the way that we develop relationships, again, if we think about this word, even the term relationships, how we relate, mm -hmm. how how we relate, respond, to someone else's feelings. It's all about your feelings, your thoughts, your beliefs. I want to know from you. Again, I can ask Google a question, but I'm asking yeah. you. You know, 
I can, um, you know, sit there and watch TV or play with a puzzle, or do it, but no, I want to do it with you, or I want to talk with you. I want to walk with you, even something nonverbal, mm-hmm. like you know, playing, walking in the park, you know, riding on a bike. These things that we could do solitarily, we want to do together. We want to be part of the other person's world, and the yeah. main way we do this is through communication, either verbal communication, which is words or nonverbal, using gestures, body language, facial expressions, but it's always both. <laughs> it's always verbal mm. and nonverbal. Yeah. Well, you know, we are, we're kind of at the end of our time, um, and I think that's actually a probably perfect place for us to, to wrap <laughs> up because I feel like that is, I mean, that's, that's the core of this, and that's just the foundation of what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, right. I, you mentioned it already. I want you to mention it again because I think, um, you know, as I said before, getting to see some of these things in action that gives you a better sense of the app uh, and what we're talking about because, you know, that, that's what you've created. It's, it's very much a visual uh, learning tool. Um, yes. So uh, how can people find the app? Mm-hmm. My website, again, is ICANFORAUTISM, F-O-R, ICANFORAUTISM.com. Parents can go on and download a free preview for their use to see what it is or their, as well as their child's use. Um, and there's also going to be a free communication assessment tool for parents to use, uh, like we talked about before, nice. so that they could see where their child's communication strengths and needs are. And also okay. on my website, I have my own uh, blog or I write my own articles and I have my own videos for tips and helpful information for parents as well as the community at large. Nice. And I know there was, I also found a bunch of um, clips also on YouTube, which I, you know, again, I'm, I'm a visual person as much as anyone. So I found those to be really helpful too. And it was um, just nice to kind of see. And, you know, as, as I said, to be able to really get a full picture of everything, it was just kind of cool to be able to see the video, the demo, the website. It just it really helps it come together and, and really get the core of of, uh, of the tool and what you're trying to accomplish. Thank you so much. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great talking to you. Um, I think it's you know really interesting just th- this different approach. You know, and I kind of am curious my sense of, or myself of, you know, taking some of these pieces, you know, how interesting would it be to, to play with, like, the the app side of it and the curriculum piece of it along with, like, the ABA side of what I do. Like, I just, I thought there was a lot of cool opportunities there. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool work. I really, I really like it. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on your show. Absolutely. It was great chatting with you. Thanks so much. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you. Well, as I said, the today's timing just couldn't be better. You know, social skills is just really on on top of mind after being part of that, that great presentation in, in Phoenix and, and and getting to talk about this subject. And I think it's really cool that we're able to really look at social skills from a few different ways. I know, you know as I said, uh, as we were talking with Karen, I think we, we get into the skill of saying hello. 
And we get into the skill of asking a WH question to start a conversation. And, and we, we oftentimes lose sight of this bigger purpose, this bigger picture of, you know, how do these skills really get used? Um, you know, as I said, a big, a big focus for me in the social arena is how do kids actually connect and on what topics and subjects? It's just one of those things that I, I can't shake as I think about my own friendships and, and how I develop social skills. So much of it was based on you know, mutual interests. And, you know, for a lot of our kids, it, it can sometimes be hard to find people with the same interests, especially some of our, our kids who are maybe on a computer and there's not necessarily those natural connections. So I'm always trying to think about, well, how can I teach shared interests? And, and you know, we've had some guests in, in the past um, who who have talked a little bit about this, about learning not just the skills and not just the rules, but maybe even where how to find out about what other kids are into or, or what the trends are or what the topics. And so I think it's important for us to kind of keep all of these things in the back of our mind, you know, the, the skill itself, the rules of how to interact, and then the right framework of what are we interacting about. Um, and even, you know, as, as I talked about to, uh, to that room full of parents a couple weeks ago in Phoenix, um, where do we go about having these dialogues or interactions? You know, the where, the places, probably every bit is important. So it's it's really nice to see all these different tools coming forth and, and being put together so we can really give our kids all of the different components uh, for effective social skills. Well, thanks for being here. Really enjoyed having uh, this conversation and uh I, I will hopefully talk to you guys one more time before uh, my little girl is here. Um, but uh, as I said at the top of the show, you'll, you'll I'm sure, be hearing lots about her uh, as uh, after she gets here. So hope everyone has, has a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.learnitsystems.org backslash family. Know an inspiring group or individual we should talk to? We would love to hear more from you at moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Want to hear more? Listen to previous episodes at www.allautismtalk.com. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.